Okay, welcome back to Diapers Off with Paul Janka and Peter McSweeney. Uh, before I introduce our guest, uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's shared the show recently. Um, we've been getting a lot of emails and text messages and random calls from people listening, saying they enjoy it or thoughts they've got about topics we should cover and the people that are sharing it, we're really happy. If you're not sharing it yet, please do. Help to spread the word. Uh, and now I'm going to introduce our guest who... Uh, is an old friend of mine and Sasha Dewan, who is a, and I've even written this down because he's got so many credentials, very successful actor from Manchester. You should know this off by heart, Pete. <laughs> worked in television, film, theatre. Uh, worked with the likes of Will Smith, James Corden, Dominic Cooper, Jeremy Piven, Maggie Smith, Brian Cox. You performed in the hit Broadway show, The History Boys, which won a record from the Emmys. Emmys? Uh, no, not Emmys. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Tonys. Tonys. Um, I think it was... Maybe eight. Yeah, it was a record for a straight play, wow. wasn't it? Yeah, and when I, I didn't say... win one. The show did. Yeah, meaning not a musical. Right? Yeah, not a musical. Not a musical. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. straight play. Straight play. <laughs> and you've recently been in Sherlock and Holmes. Uh, not Sherlock Holmes was Sherlock, Sherlock, starring along and incumbent batch and Mr. Selfridge with Jeremy Piven. Yeah. And there's loads more anyway. You can check his bio. I'll just Google it. Yeah. Anyway, so welcome. Actually, if you go on IMDb, yeah. there's a biography there that's kind of incorrect i don't know who writes those and you can't change it so I've, really yeah people um we i met, met the, founder the founder of, of oh, could you have mentioned it oh, i should have messed everyone Paul needham you can't change it should i tell a quick story on that just just before, uh, we, begin. Yeah, yeah, before we begin but i went my wife works for getty images and um <laughs> we got some tickets to go to the empire awards a year and a half ago so, so anyhow that we're sitting at this round and all it's star studded there was um right in, next to us was i met uh Who's that? Who's that late night? Jeremy Ross? No, mm. Jonathan Ross. We oh, had a chat for a while. Uh, uh, Christopher Nolan. It was a big. Christopher Nolan was there. James McAvoy. All these people. Radcliffe. And a smaller. Anyhow, we're sitting at this table, and everyone looked kind of just like normal citizens. And they were talking. This guy next to me, Cole. And, and da da da. We're talking. What do you do? Oh, I work for IMDb. He kind of let it out the line out a little bit. I work for IMDb. Da da. Oh, I'm the CEO. I found it. Basically, this guy loved movies. Just kept a database at home. And then people started adding to it. Every movie, it's and he's he watches like three movies a day, like clockwork. Mm -hmm. He and his wife. And anyhow, I think Amazon bought it for like six hundred million pounds or some crazy. Amount. And so all of a sudden, from this hobby, he was a computer guy, just maintained this database at home that people could add to. Years ago, uh, his whole life has changed as a like a fluke, like mm -hmm. it was totally unplanned. And we've been trying to get him on the show, and he's agreed to come down, but uh, there's layers of PR and all this stuff. But I couldn't believe that something like that was built just sort of... Well, it's become quite... Actually, I, I didn't really know about IMDb a couple of years ago, but it has suddenly become quite a big part of the actor's thing. And uh, Any agent would look at that, right? Well, yeah, it was actually when I was working in LA, I was like, oh, it's, I didn't realise it was so big, this idea of star rating. Mm. Do you know mm. about that? <clears throat> oh, how powerful! Like how how well, it's, it's like trending. If it's you're measured in the news as a, your and... your your star rating is measured as a as a as a graph, so I can look at it and see where my low points in my career were. You know? <laughs> so if like a movie kind of comes goes, out oh, and it's very quiet, and and then you look at your competition. You know, oh God, theirs is just like ah. the minute you get a credit, it like shoots up like twenty. And it makes you feel really stuff. good. Like, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And then it lasts for about a day, and then you back so to it like pops 100 when a movie of yours is released. You or get a credit, or if you're in the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paparazzi. The minute it registers a credit. On there, and obviously the the level of the credit who you're yeah, working exactly. with. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what their algorithm is. Just funny. It's a big part in America, and I, I mean, I'm pretty confident to say that people do actually like 
they're casting for a film. They want to mm. see, you know, how much your film's made in the in the box office. You know? Box office mojo, you can do that's quite interesting. Yeah, you can. Uh, I, I play around. Usually, we go out to a movie, and I'll look at the the the, the box office history afterwards because it's a business after all. You know, yeah, to yeah, see yeah. how they. Quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, just it's one fun, point. Funny on... about Cole. I was going to say just about um, what you said. About I know what you said about um, if uh, telling that my bio is wrong. Every single person I've spoke to. And I said that, oh, you know, we might have the founder of IMDb. Oh, they want to get... They're all like, yeah, I've got a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. get hold of them. They have, like, this really yeah, you arcade can't, you system. Know, you, got, you know, you get... Oh, you get Imagine if we have Monarch, we just have, like, can you fix this? Can you fix this? He's yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. not doing admin. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. But obviously, he must have the master passwords or whatever. And he told us he took some of this money and built this crazy friggin' cinema room. And he lives out in Bristol or Bath or something that's, like, or Winchester. It's super extravagant. He just goes in with his wife and they just watch... But I mean, he, you ask him any movie, he knows it and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyhow, um, there was one other funny thing about IMDb I wanted to mention, but it'll come to me. Um, so, we want to talk about getting into acting. And Pete told me you were super focused when you, uh, it kind of leads to the question we were talking about earlier. You must have known you had a shot, you really wanted to do this, and you just buckled down and put the blinders on and did it. And of course, growing up a young person, there's all these distractions, but you knew that. Or you you wanted to focus on this channel and and say you know these other things will come later, and I'm curious about that process. Well, it didn't quite it didn't quite happen like that. I mean, obviously, I was uh, my first job I did when I was 12 years old. Sounds so long. Did ago. your parents bring it, or you did that on your own? Well, we've always so we've always been quite a entertaining family. You know, we're the family that yeah, gathering. You know, my dad would say, right, Sasha, do. Oh really? Do something, yeah. Sing a song. <laughs> um, but you know, and then you I, get dinner. Then, you know what's interesting? <laughs> Actually, uh, okay, I'll come back to that question. But at first, you know, obviously, I'd, I'd sing a song. It was always um, yeah, yesterday. Paul McCartney. Yesterday. Be, sorry, yesterday. Yesterday. So far away. Um, oh, and that was cute. And then obviously, then skipping a few years later, when I went to my in, intense, focused kind of all wearing black mode, my artist stage, my d- dad would then go right, Sasha. Let's see, perform something, and it was a monologue about a drug addict. Now imagine doing <laughs> that in front of the family. <laughs> my whole family just like, my extended family just like, what's happened to this guy? So, was this on family gatherings or just after dinner on a random night? It's like sometimes family gatherings. It was like, oh, didn't you wanted to do? Are you embarrassed? Are you I, uh, well, I, I was quite embarrassed actually, but obviously my dad was all give me the give me the look like the answer inside yeah do you have, do you have look siblings who are also told to go upstairs yeah actually they my sister my sister would sing celine dion oh my god <laughs> yeah. i love this that's fun um so going back to your question it it i was about 12 and i i, I enjoyed basically i enjoyed performing it didn't start off as this kind of in i'm going to give up everything and this is kind of what i you know want to do it was it was fun really um i started off doing uh tap dancing again my mum was like the you know, whole entertaining thing, you know, give it a go. I didn't really, really want to do it, but she was like, "Were you good in school academically?" No, not no, not at all. Oh, okay. I was, I was kind of rebellious, dicked about most of the time, you know, like mm. most kids. But at that age, but I think I was pretty, pretty bad. Um, yeah, so my mum kind of got me into because I think she thought, you know, he's got loads of energy. You know, she always encouraged, um, she, which I really respect respect for. She encouraged to kind of maintain some kind of artistic element. Mm-hmm. It's something that she'd kind of always wanted to do, not become an actress, but she enjoyed singing. And she was <clears> always like, well, whatever you do, it's important just to kind of be artistic. You know, that's why it sounds silly, like get up and sing in front of the family. It was just good to kind of do, mm-hmm. you know? So she said, right, do some tap dancing. Um, hated it, but I grew to love it. 
not the tap dancing, but the performing elements. Did people there. clap when they were like, uh, or was it just like silence? Oh, like they'd be like, oh, wow, you know what? <laughs> In Manchester, <laughs> growing up, I was before I knew you. I, yeah. knew, I met you when you were you I was going to ask if you guys met at, at Arts Ed or... No, 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 we met like a we, bit. We met at 15 and we were in a drama group. And I remember going up to Sasha because I'd seen a TV show that he did called The Last Train. Yeah, yeah. And I remember like, were you the guy that like was looking down at the thing? And Sasha was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember we were queuing up to get chips after like yeah, after him. That was you know, that's when I was going through my intense stage. Mm. And I remember you standing out. The reason why I thought was the first question, if you could put that's that as well, because I remember you just being massively focused. We all loved acting. Yeah, yeah. But we all loved going out and we all loved getting distracted by girls and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember like you would not come out some days. You yeah, were, because like, but you were so focused. Yeah, because obviously I was as a young kid it was kind of fun and uh, I enjoyed performing, then kind of got an, an agent i still didn't quite know you know if i wanted to do this forever why i was doing it, it was fun. did you have an alternative on your mind like no. if this doesn't work i'll be uh... no no because i mean i was only like 12 13 at that time i and at that point getting you know i was lucky i got a break doing some uh children's show and it was just fun i love you know, you're 13 you're in a hotel playing pool you know after filming um being on set was such a joy but then, you know, what ha happens is, is then you hit that kind of stage where all your mates are going to university and you've kind of been disappearing every year, mm. filming, and then... Were you making money at the, before 18, like, I think in, so. as a teenager? I didn't really keep he an was. eye... <laughs> I didn't really keep an eye on it, to be honest. Like, well, that's of... pretty cool. I mean, most people, you know, they take out the trash to get an allowance or they have a summer job, but to, <laughs> to be able to get out of high school that's and, true, and get, yeah. get proper payment, that's a totally different yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was but like, I, that's actually, better than a milk run. It was more about the experience. I really, it sounds, I really enjoyed being away for like a couple of months and then I'd have to come back to school, which is another problem, <laughs> you know. So interesting, just to interject, like, yeah. I think for me, some of my golden years uh, were high school because I really shined. I was an athlete yeah. and I loved class. I loved learning. I'm pizza. I'm very academic, and I love those four years because I excelled. And mm. I would have never wanted to be away from school because that was the area where I nailed it. Summers were also fun, but yeah. And so to, it's interesting to hear about a young child actor who's who who prefers being away yeah. than actually. And school's probably oh homework and all of a sudden well, and stuff. I don't know. You know, I enjoy this being in this bubble. You know, putting the money aside, being on set, and uh, you know, was the continuity difficult? Like, because you. You know, friends when you're that age, it's like, what did you do yesterday? What did you? Well, do? tell you, this is what, when it became a bit of a problem. You know, I'd, I'd go away every couple of months, do this series, um, and then, and I remember, I was I was back in high school again for like another six months or so, and it it was that high school time. It was it was great. You know, you wouldn't give a shit about work. Girls were coming into your life, and um, I, I remember just uh, the day before I was going away to shoot again for a couple of months. And I didn't realize that it was actually going to be for a quite a long period of time because another kind of job came in. Mm. And I remember this this girl who I really liked, and it was going so well. And I was oh, like, I'll see enough. you, I'll see you in a couple of months. She's like, Yeah, 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 <laughs> great. And it ended up that's being, an eon in those ages. Yeah. And then I, it was it was great. It was, it was, and and um, I left and ended up being like six months or so. And I remember coming back to school to have this whole kind of experience. And I was kind of going through puberty. On set, if that mm. makes makes sense. Anyway, I came back to school after this amazing experience that you can't really share with your friends because mm. they don't really understand sure. what it. Because suddenly you're that guy on the box. And that's when it starts getting a little complicated. And I remember coming back to school and I was going up uh, into my uh, form room 
and there was this girl outside. She, oh my God, Sasha, you're back, you're back. Wow, okay, just stay outside. I'm gonna select the class note. So she goes in, she goes, guys, guys, guess who's back? And I walked in and I saw everyone just go, like, oh. it's changed. The dynamics have changed. Your group of friends, they're now with friends and that girl wasn't really interested. And I ended up for the last year and a half in high school became the recluse in the library. Whereas you'd think, well, you're on TV and you're, it's almost like people can connect with you. And also my yeah, mentality, jealous too. possibly. And also I think my mentality had changed. It's mm. almost like I'd stepped into the outside world and said, guys, you're not going to believe what's out there. Yeah. Cause I imagine coming back to school after seeing all that school, it seemed very like small. Yeah. You know, like yeah. In these little classrooms and these little communities. And your priorities change as well. Mm. You kind of, I was kind of like ready to leave and just get back into acting. But then what happens is, is you realize that you've, you know, the high school years, you've missed quite a big chunk. Mm. Everyone's done that and then they're off to university and then you're the actor. So something that started as being quite fun and quite, yay, I'm just going on the, on the ride and suddenly you're like, God, five years have passed and why am I really doing this? You spent a lot of time with older people. That's what I always remember. Yeah, I, I did. That, and I think you got an insight I mean, I had older friends, but I had older friends in my 20s. Oh. And I think you at 15, 16, I remember said you did, um, what play was it? Uh, East is East? Yeah, yeah. And you really bonded with people in their late 20s, 30s and 40s. Well, actually, it was the theatre stuff that helped, helped me kind of, because obviously, like I was saying, it started off as being this fun kind of thing, entertaining. And then I hit this thing of like, what am I, why am I doing this? It's, can I ask, is theatre easy? Because you're, you're in London, let's say, the West End, yeah. you can pop. Whereas a, a shoot can be remote. Yeah. And you're really isolated. So you, your life really has to be on hold. Whereas if you're doing a play in the West End, you can still hang with your London pals. Is it you can, but also to theatre takes you away as well. Mm -hmm. can, yeah. uh, you know, and, um, but it's where you really learn, I feel. I mean, a lot of people say this. It is where you learn. The craft. You really learn the craft because you're going back to There's a lot of, there's a lot of politics in screen. It's not just about the acting. There's a lot of, so many people involved. Whereas theatre is much more stripped back. It's really about the text. It's the actor and director and there isn't a lot of kind of interference so that's kind of you strip everything back you go back to the, the craft mm. would you say the actor is more important in theatre the what sorry would you say the actor is more important in theatre opposed to screen no that i say the text is more important okay. yeah than anything that's the kind of that kind of i feel in in film and screen that gets kind of washed away a little bit you know what's interesting before uh that's a insight there that you shared with us um I was watching Graham Norton, yeah. and they had Ryan Gosling on for that La La Land movie, and yeah. um, they had a clip when he was in theater, very young, <laughs> yeah, so like that. at eight, and also you know <laughs> DiCaprio. A lot of these people that you that we class as big movie stars, you think, oh, but they actually started so friggin' young, and they put in mm. years of getting comfortable on the set, learning to take direction, whatever, and so then. I also know people who at 25 graduate from, or 20, graduate from college, and then they move to LA to make it, yeah. thinking that they'll make it in a year. And I think that's, in a way, it's so unrealistic, because you look at a lot of, not everyone, I think Jennifer Lawrence came out of nowhere, but for a lot of these stars, including yourself, have like put in hours and hours from quite small age, learning all the subtleties. Well, it's not just about the learning about the work, it's about the life experience, sounds silly, just the life experiences and going through it. Um, I didn't know I was going to go th kind of through that. And I'd say it, it, it's I learned the most from it, but it was also the hardest because going back to that kind of being the child actor and then you suddenly realize as your mates go off to university, you're kind of a single guy living at home and you're like, wow, what work's kind of drying up. You're not that cute kid with a bum fluff moustache, you know, mm -hmm. you kind of like, God, what, 
Why and the I... community is different. At university, you have halls and mm. residents. I know my like when I went to university, the community is very tight. I'm still close with all those guys, most of them. And um, or as an actor, as Pete's talked about, what does he call it? He has a word for it. He calls it the post theater blues. Like mm. yeah. you, you know, you get tight for it's really intense, and then it dissolves. Yeah. And like do those friendships carry over? But, and... but this, the, what happened with me, it it almost like really weird. Work just stopped completely. And At what age are we talking about now? Now I'm kind of like in college. Sixth form. Sixth form, yeah. And it, it... I remember you did the transition to London when I was doing a foundation. Yeah, so that was kind of... And you got a London agent yeah. and you had a period of, just to give a little bit of backstory, Sasha's being very modest, but he actually worked consistently, as you can probably tell by his answers to a degree, through his teens. And, you know, you'd yeah. hung out with us and you'd be the, we were in a very good theatre group and yeah. an agency. And you'd come and go, and you'd be the guy. Well, and, yeah, then, and then suddenly, yeah, it just yeah, everything, everything just stopped. And it was actually the best for thing. our American listeners because we don't have six form. It's about sixteen years old. That's right? it, 16, 16, 17. Yeah, sixteen to eighteen. Um, I think I was about seventeen, and it just it was sixteen or so. And everything just stopped. Um, and it, and I didn't work for a couple of years actually, kind of uh, leaving after leaving really, college. Really, literally, wow. Yeah, That's and scary, I, it was scary. Like, and I didn't know what I wanted. What's going to happen? I was like, what else am I going to do? But it was, I had to kind of reconnect. Sounds really spit now. I had to kind of reconnect with myself again. And that's when the real work started. <clears throat> from looking, from being a kid and looking at the TV and going, oh, I like being on set and I like the lifestyle to go, well, why? I enjoy doing it, but it's like, why, why are you doing it? And and that's really when the work started and connecting with being an actor and spent mm. them and it spent them a couple of years reading plays. It was a hard craft. I was working with my dad for a while. Had no money. Did you at like all. that part of it? I mean, I understand you've said you like being on set and the animation and yeah. collaborative. Did you actually like the? Because I imagine there are actors who actually don't like to sit alone with a script by themselves and read. Which well, is quite the thing is, weird. I looked at this. It, it was a bit like oh. I had the script in front of me. I was like, "Oh God, how do I do this? Like, what's my pro? What is my process?" Because yeah. as a kid, I was just learnt it, and I was like, "I need to know. I need to know first of all, do I actually really enjoy doing this?" Um, I didn't set. I didn't set off sitting at my dad's shop shop when I was like unemployed, going right. I'm going to pull out of a script script for the first couple of months. I sat there like a miserable bastard, thinking, "Why aren't I getting work?" I've mm. been getting so much. I was really angry, mm. and I was like, "Friends have gone to university. I should be getting." So I had to first of all let go of that. Mm. And that was a big lesson to to start learning that, you know, with acting, it's not just about the craft. It's about it's about most of the time you're unemployed. So that's a big thing you've got to kind of deal with. You've got to let. You've got to let. The biggest that. thing you've got to let go of wanting work. And Paul enti entitlement. That. Yeah. Uh, well, Paul, 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 the, um, a really good actor, which came on the show, very funny guy. And I remember I was, Sasha taught me to see him playing Sammy Davis Jr. in the West End. And we were like 19 or something. I was in my foundation year. And he said, I was applying for drama school. And he said, which is quite a um, rigorous um, process. Anyway, he turned around and said, Oh, yeah, drama school's great because he'd been to drama school. So I was asking him, yeah. he went, But they don't teach you how to be out of work. Mm. Oh, yeah. And also, like, the, he said, um, Yeah, you know building a career it's not the jobs you do it's the jobs that you don't do well we're going to get on to that um so yeah interesting um i just had a thought there we'll come back um I had a, so one of my questions here is we're kind of touching on it, but the lifestyle you're a, you're a you know there's actors who are trying to make it and then there's like you're a working actor I mean, you have consistent solid work and so maybe you could you have touched on it, but that lifestyle—it's—it's it's very unusual for most people who have like you know steady jobs, yeah. nine to five. They're an accountant or whatever. They go in every day. They know they're so you work intensely. 
you inhabit a role or whatever, and maybe you go somewhere remote on set, you do that, and then it wraps and it disbands and you come back, I don't know if you come back to London or whatever, and you regroup and then you're looking at a new project. I mean, most people can't relate to that type of thing. And what, what's the hardest part about that? Well, and the most enjoyable. Well, the interesting thing is you said it, you know, when people say, oh, you know, you work consistently and it, it makes me go, oh, because you never quite, you, well, I don't, I never quite accept that. I'm mm. always, and something I guess I've got to learn, I'm never sa quite satisfied. You know, but a flip side to that, I've always wondered why performers and and athletes and musicians get paid so much. But I think economics is rational. Like an athlete, they have a short window, they work, so they get paid. So even if they retire at 30, they're still taken care of. Yeah. Same with acting, partly because the work is unpredictable. Actors and agents demand a big thing so that you're not left on your ass. So you, 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 a lot of actors don't need to work if they're getting big paid roles. You can work for three months and then you have enough money to... Well, the so. thing is, it's, I think... It's not, I mean, in terms of kind of finance, it's not, I don't think it's quite what it used to be because there's so many mm. mediums now. Mm. Very saturated. Yeah, it's very saturated. And there's a lot of actors. and There's only a few people who have that privilege. To uh, have. And the outside people go, oh, yeah, you get paid to... <laughs> that's a big, big, big thing. Like yeah, you get loads. Yeah, like 0.3% yeah. of, yeah, of the actual But even I, I take your point, but even like people who go for commercials in LA, they're not, mm. they're unrecognizable people. But... They might earn twenty five thousand for a mm. quick spot, and so that carries them three months, and then they get another. So that's it's a bit really, of like again, that doesn't happen. That well, it's even that. It's not even even if you were to get a lump sum. Well, with me anyway, I never quite relax and go. Oh well, I'm going to be okay. For you, still got to live in that feeling of of kind of what you were saying about doing an intense job, and it's it's great. You, you're on that hype. You've got nothing to worry. Well, you've got nothing major to worry about apart from doing the best you can do mm. with the work. But you're right. The job finishes. And for the first couple of weeks, you're like, ah, great, I need to just kind of shake that off. But you do hit this kind of, I do anyway, hit this really weird time where you're just like, okay, you can, you're back to being with yourself again, you, mm. the real you. And it's, I never get quite, I never get used to it. And it is that thing of kind of being away and then coming back, going away again. And you, I always feel that, I see London as my base, but every time I go away and come back, my life is not quite what it used to be when I was last back. That makes sense. Yeah, because you're you kind not of think oh, it's going to be the same. Yeah, you, yeah, your friends have changed and you've changed, so it's all kind of. Whereas sometimes you do want that kind of. Sometimes I do go. I just want that consistency, mm -hmm. but there is a real enjoyment. I, I enjoy the sudden change. I enjoy going. You know, I get to travel a lot. Um, I get to meet. I, I get to cross paths with people. Never, I never thought I was going to meet. And you're right for that three to six months. You have an intense period of like um, hard work. Uh, it's it's an in, it's just that intense, must be so you know? cool when mm. you get out like the day you know you're taking a flight for example to yeah. L.A. or something and you know or somewhere else Rome to shoot for example and you know when I land the next day is the first day of principal photography yeah. and you like but you're in home in London you're in your and then you like gear up you get your stuff and you get on the plane you know when I land everything's different it's like I'm in. Right, it's it's a yeah. it's quite a delineation between what you're doing before yeah. and boom in it in is. gear. And that's um, kind of I can see how exciting that would be. It's mm. unique, and also you kind of you, you you prep for it as well. I'll spend a couple of months kind of really getting into the head of this character and how it look, and you change your look, you do your research, and, and it's a great passion project. And then as you're kind of flying on the plane or traveling, you're like, I've done my prep now. Now I can just it's mm. all in here, mm. and now I can just let it go and enjoy the ride. And you do, you, you, you just love it. 
and but you're right as soon as the job finishes it's all taken away from you like right okay you, you know back, what i was thinking to... as you're saying someone prone to loneliness mm. could be a very hard slog mm. you see these people who are super celebrities i remember yeah. i was at the boathouse in new york and the whole restaurant was blocked off and i was trying to get the, i did get the wait the, the maitre d's the, the, the hostess's number i was there to and i knew the general manager and and um i went there to give him something and the whole restaurant and i saw and in the far corner was dicaprio with like two and you couldn't have anyone in the restaurant. You had to eat alone. And I just thought, of course, there's a lot of appeal to that type of celebrity. On the other hand, like... That's it's rubbish it, going it, to a restaurant. It's empty. Well, it's not, like, I think, sitting in an empty well, it's restaurant not, it's not necessarily just about, yeah, about the celebrity element being recognized only certain places you can go. But as an actor, you are, you're displaced. You're kind of moved around a lot of the time. And you are, you know, you go to these amazing places, but you're not going there on holiday. You're going as a solo traveler to do a job. Um, now I I remember I'm I'm not very good in my own company. I'm totally honest about that. It's something mm. I'm you know. There's you mean you get lonely? I get lonely, and also I'm not very. And again, I'm trying to learn to be present, enjoy the moment. I'm, mm. a, I'm a bit like, okay, this is great. I've got what what am I, what am I doing next? You know, and um, got this job uh, in LA, a great series. Everyone was like, wow. This is in the past. This is in the past. This is in 2010. This is, oh, it's amazing. You get to, wow, my life just changed like that. I had to call for an audition put myself on tape, suddenly I'm doing a screen test, boom, I'm flying to do the pilot wow. in Los Angeles, the big change. It was a roller coaster of a ride, and they said, oh, by the way, we've got to send you to uh, Vancouver to get your visa. I was like, cool, great. Um, I was in LA for a little bit, they flew me to Vancouver. I was on this plane, I was thinking, great, I'm going to Vancouver as well. <laughs> and um, got to the hotel, in this amazing hotel suite, opened my uh, blinds, there was this amazing sky view and i couldn't have felt more lonely mm. wow. just broke down i was like god I'm, I'm it wasn't just that moment i for the last kind of month or so for this job i'd just been traveling on my own hadn't met anybody and i thought and i signed this six-year deal and i was like this is this what my life's gonna be and i was like i can't call home because they're all asleep now the time mm. difference i'm just in this city mm -hmm. and i don't know anybody what I've noticed about your life as well, and I think this is very, very, this is wider, not just you, um, is that there's a perception of what it's like. Yeah, yeah. And then there's reality. And because we're close friends, we've known each other probably half our lives, like yeah, yeah. 15 when we met. You've called me up, and I've been like, whoa, it must be amazing. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, well, yeah, it is. And then, but then also, I know there's a feeling of you not wanting to sound ungrateful. Yeah, yeah. Because other actors are like, oh, God, he's moaning, he's in yeah, work and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But actually, as I've got older, I've really started to, because I remember when we were younger, I'd be like, mate, just enjoy it, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably helpful to just, a degree, but... Well, it's just about keeping grounded. So when you were saying about, you know, about Ryan Gosling, you know, it's not just about ingraining the craft. It's about it's about um, being comfortable with the lifestyle that you talk mm. about and, and keeping grounded with it, you know. Because, you know, you could be in Vancouver, oh, God, I'm, I'm earning X amount, I'm going to blow it. And it's just about being real and true. And... And and you get knowing that this isn't going to last forever, so just keep it. You eating. do see some movie people do that. I mean, they get into the drugs and the girls oh, and all man. that just yeah. to keep the distraction I mean, from I can, the loneliness. But I can, and also I can see how that can happen. You sure. know, um, and, and I'm even though it was hard, I'm kind of blessed in a way that I went through all of that because when I went, and I'm lucky that work started again after that point. Now it could have been partly luck, but it could have partly been because I kind of went into the room slightly different. I was a, almost like a different actor and since then i feel that i've kept a real solid foundation and mm. focused 
etiquette when I work because there's certain things you realise are just bullshit and you just let it go mm. in your head and it's just about doing the job. And you never let rest on your laurels as well, I've noticed, which is like you see other actors, they don't turn up for rehearsals, they don't, you know. Yeah. And you're, I remember you said to me, I'm never going to be like Really? That. Once they've been cast? Yeah, you know, you get... You do, movie stars not everyone cast. is, but you do get some, you know, you get, you know, tr- tricky... You get tricky people in the business, not just actors. Um, and I've never... You know, I really, I really appreciate doing what I do. It's a fantastic, mm. and it's very difficult to get into, and a lot of it has been luck. Um, but so I try now just to kind of pinch myself when I'm doing it, and not like I say, not be, God, what am I doing next? I'm complaining. I'm complaining about it. I've I've been with actors, and it's on the first day of filming, people are asking, "Oh, so what are you doing next?" Yeah, <laughs> like, you're not started. And I've been that. I've done that as well. So it's just checking in. Let with me ask you because you bring it up. Uh, and I have another question. I have a lot of stuff coming out. One um, is you talk about these periods where you have a community, then there's a break. And then t- mm. can you, without naming names, can you talk a bit about the, the relationships that are formed on set and how those carry over or don't? Or yeah. how you think, oh, this is great, and then you never see the person again. I mean, it's a weird I mean, I can, thing. I can count, like, so many people that I've crossed paths with and that have, I've had an amazing experience with. Like, you, know, you, f- you found your soulmate, and the job men finished. or women or both, both, and then the job finishes, and you mm. never see each. I've never never seen them again. Not out of like, well, you know. I, I, another thing that happens is you know you do a job and you have this kind of amazing experience, and you kind of don't want it to end. You're staying in hotels, you've been away, and you're going out for dinner, you're going out, and, and then the job finishes, but you're not quite ready to let it go, even though the the crew have shut down, yeah. but you're still meeting. Hey, Pete. You want to go out tonight? And that, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then eventually you're there having dinner and you're like, it's not the same, is it? That's interesting. That would, be a, good, st- that it, would be a good movie in yeah. itself. And then it just how dis- actors try to keep the energy going after the business yeah. part is shut down. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a sadness and also, there. Mm. And also, relation, I've, had, you know, I've had relationships um, or experiences with actresses as well. Um, because it's hard to separate the person from the context, right? When you meet someone in the circus of the show and the yeah. girl, it's all so intense. And when that it's shuts exactly down, that. but I feel like I become I, uh, sometimes I'm I operate on a different energy when I'm on set. You get this very strange, uh, false sense of confidence, and it's because, I've had that because I've been on TV for my pickup stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird. It's like you're jacked into another source. <laughs> it's of, totally that you know. Yeah. And you know, you're getting tea, coffee made for you, dinner brought to you. <laughs> You're getting treated, you know, this like like an actor can bring Sasha Dewan to set, and people are like, hey, <laughs> hey, mate, buddy, strong. you know, you know, it's a, you know, you ride on that. I remember I was Sunny's trailer. He's like, have a sit down. You know, you know you're just like, for a swim. <laughs> you know, and then you, you have this kind of false sense of confidence. You kind of you're having a little fling with the actress that you're working with, but it's not. It, I've realised it's not real. And do you find that you know, sometimes they're in love with the idea of who you are, and then when the show finishes. The reality sets in. We're all in love with the idea of who we are, you know. I mean, it's, you know, it's... Or the ideal, should I say. Yeah. And, you know, as soon as you turn up to the read-through, you know, your priority should be like, I'm going to meet the director, I'm going to get my script. You know, and I've done this when I've gone and go, right, who's the the actress that I'm going to... You know, you make that little eye contact on the read-through table. <laughs> like, it's going to be good, good fun. You know, your little. But you're, you're, you're... And, it, but it's ju- and, I, and that over time, you've and you, you have the same experiences again, and it's intense, and then just ends. Are and you, you being cynical go. though? I mean, are you saying that that some of these there must be a, a, a possibility that something genuine is formed, and that relationships can endure? Oh no, it can definitely. Um, but oh, but at the same time, I've I've realised. I'm not sure how 
that's for me how how healthy it is to um to just be dating someone who's in the same you know because in my if you kind of discipline with each other because sometimes it can just be so uh, just about the business and acting i think meeting someone even outside of the movie business meeting someone in um elevated circumstances mm. heightened circumstances is problematic because as soon as the scaffolding falls away and things drop you're you're bound to be disappointed aren't yeah, you yeah yeah so when you meet someone when you're all jacked up i don't know if it's the best but then you've got to ask you you know great relationships can continue because then you know the job finishes and yeah maybe there is something amazing that's that's happening I've not forgotten, you know. if you look at your t- close friends i mean i know you're good at keeping in touch and you have your acquaintances you know <clears throat> yeah. but then <clears throat> thinking about the people you've had long-term friendships with mm. have they been people that have been in the industry or not um, I thought you said if people have been Indian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only friends with Indian. So do you only in, the, Indian, in the Indian. industry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just to be clear, um, <laughs> they are actually because that's people I've crossed paths with. But you know, you meet so many people, and people always say, "So oh, I bet you've got loads of people around the world that you." But actually, with the reality of it, there's a very small handful of people who are your nearest and dearest. Some are in the industry, some are from college. Um, but it's a small, you, 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 as I've grown older, and I know well, probably we all do, you know who the people you can... You like connecting with. back home as well, because you've said to me, it's so great, more. you go back to Manchester. I love that, I love keeping... Uh, that groundedness. Grounded, yeah, that kind of equilibrium. That's great. You know, like London is... Uh, You're very I, aware I could start, of that. You know, I I've been filming it's... in New York, I could just stay in New York, but I just don't know, I feel, I like to just come back and kind of go, right, this is... This I love, is the I love, reality, and then go away, and, you know, I keep well, saying... Well, move on, to, I want to ask you this, actually. I would say that you're always, I mean... Yeah, I would say to people listening, you know, you've always stayed so grounded in your 20s, which has been easy for your head to have turned, you know, the people you've met and stuff. But um, one of the things, kind of slight contradictions from what you were saying earlier, because you were yeah. sort of saying that earlier, there's always that scarcity mentality, even mm. though you might be working consistently. Yeah. There's that worry of like, where's my next job coming? But you've also turned down a lot of jobs, especially when you're younger. Ones who, what jobs that people at 18, 19 probably wouldn't have done. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the power of saying no. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I and get, how you manage to do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I I don't know how I do it sometimes. I I never. I, I still struggle with it, because like going back to. What, could you give an example of one? Like, you have to say the name if you don't want to. Yeah, no, I um. I know one in particular. When you were eighteen, you were offered. Yeah, this. Won't go into names, but there's yeah. been a couple of times. <clears throat> you never know. If, you never. It's a gamble, isn't it? You never know if it's gonna be the right decision but you kind of I'm at a point now where I go with my instinct well now you can because you've got a career but I'm talking about earlier on no but even now I still have a real battle with it because it's work isn't it at the end of the day and and your priorities change slightly you know I think I could afford to when I was younger because I guess I was more stable and now I'm kind of part of it's the artistic side and part of it is I want a life as well. I want stability. <clears throat> you need you need money, income mm-hmm, to have that, mm-hmm. so you don't have to. So you kind of that's the battle I have in my artistic integrity and and work. You know, because you can get offered a shitload of money for doing something that's not artistically. You know, and that's that's the kind of battle I have sometimes. It's not it's not easy. It's not easy. To say do you go with anything. your gut, or do you? Discuss I do. Go, it with I do people? go with my gut, and then I'll say no to it, and then for the next kind of month or so, it's just going on over in my head, going, yeah, but it's there. And sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta 
go with it. And sometimes it's the right decision. Sometimes it's not. The you right know what's decision. interesting? You talk about whoever's offering you these parts, an agent or producer, and it's a say it's a lot of money, and it's for something that you could easily do, but it's not right for your career. And yeah. It compromises, and you say no. And the, and the person on the other end of the line is like, this guy's fucking nuts to say no. And and like, do they, are they like, fine, we got 10 other guys that can offer, they'll take it like that. Or do they, I'm, I'm sure it's it's on a case by case basis, but are they like, are you sure? Did I hear that right? Or do they do they insist? Are they like, fine, you don't want it? Like gift horse in the mouth. We're giving you a, a, like a free lottery ticket. And <laughs> that's probably goes on behind the scenes. That's what your agent has to deal with. Um, you can't, you, sometimes you can be, you know, a little too, artistically grand like mm -hmm. you know it's, it's you afford to do that more when you're young because what i'm picking up on what you're saying which is interesting mm -hmm. from the outside when you're young and you haven't got an established career you're uh going oh I, I take every job and you actually said no or actually you're sort of throwing it on its head now because you're saying actually when i was young i, I didn't have i didn't need to buy a house yeah, i yeah. didn't have responsibilities so i could turn down jobs where now now it's, even though you have a career and you have a stable of work yeah yeah you're, that's what you kind of there's, there's a there's a there's a Am I making yeah, sense? Yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right. I suppose it's the risk of, it's it's, it's what you hold <clears> as the um, the risk, I guess. Um, you know, when you're younger, it's like, well, I've got nothing, so I might as well be really, really picky. Yeah, yeah. Whereas when you're older, you're saying that you know you need the certain other parameters, like which I'm sure Paul will talk about in a minute, to do with how there is you you don't have stability. you know you don't really have that much control, but I I, I know kind of the type of work that I want to do and how to get there, and it isn't about just doing everything. You know, you've got to be quite, you've got to, I've realized you've got to retain some kind of interest. If there's a really interesting director that you want to work with, he's not necessarily going to look at, wow, he's got a huge CV. He's going to look at the projects where you're versatile, diverse, do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And go, hey, he's interesting. That's what I kind of want to retain. I did go through a phase where I was just kind of felt like I was just popping up in stuff you know and then people because, go wow you're doing really well but it's not really a case of that it's being you had a clear vision though didn't you of what you, i guess to have that just to go a bit deeper yes. to be able to say no to things apart from just trusting your gut mm. and having you know and understanding what that job will mean in the long term yeah you must also have to have a clear vision of the kind of actor and professional you want to be in 10 15 20 years yeah you do to be able to say no yeah, to those got, jobs. yeah and you've got to really retain that it's not easy how did you find that hard i still find it hard no how did you find that that how did you decide on that oh how did really, i find that? that 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 image of what i really want to be because those choices will yeah, form that because path, obviously that from sense. yeah from seeing other work and other directors that i wanted to work with but it was also um i realized that i could do my best work with certain scripts and people go well what scripts are those i don't know it's when i read it and i go i can really do something with that mm. and also I, I started to really enjoy um i was going to go into detail with it. i really mm. enjoyed playing characters and and really um being versatile with that and not just go oh, i'm just gonna transform myself i really enjoyed really getting to into the head of someone different and i realized like god i really i really enjoy doing that you know, the subtlety between different characters um and that's kind of i was like well that's what i'm gonna hold out for mm. you know because at the end of the day you're selling i mean an actor has a fragile thing he's selling his image and with the public's perception so if you do a series of you know bad choices that are not congruent some actors have never get back on the rails you know, yeah because they like sell out okay you know? so yeah what I, I i feel and i could be wrong but what, what can happen is is like i said certain 
you know, the people that make the decisions, the people that cast you, uh, they're going to go, how, how interesting is he? You know, is he really right for this role? And also how marketable is he if he's, he's just done a certain amount of X amount of work that isn't that interesting. Mm. It just, yeah, mm-hmm. sure you have to protect of course yeah, yeah. yeah that's they always easy, say that, that, that that break or not or that working with that director it may it may never happen yeah it's delay it could take a while yeah you know they often say like you know he made good choices yeah. they'll say of an actor you know like johnny depp um so i understand that the uh what's interesting is i and after this when we move on to the next one about money it's interesting um <laughs> so you know your agent's you calling you he's getting whatever he gets 20 percent. take this role it's good it, it's not throwing you under the bus you're not going to look bad it's a great commercial <laughs> and you don't want to do it it doesn't align with your commercial vision of, of mm-hmm. your artist and you have that <laughs> fucking conversation and he he's wants the paycheck and yeah, you're like no when you work have you ever has it maybe not even you but other actors you know that they're like mm, the agent is like do it do it and you're like fuck you no i want to do this you have, yeah, you, you constantly, but sometimes they can be right and it's not just for the money, you know, sometimes you just tunnel vision and they're like, yeah, but you've got to just, and that's, it's. I, so if they have an artistic sensibility, it's and good, And that's because right? I've, I've, I've looked, I've made sure that the people that I work with mm-hmm. have that. It, it, at the end of the day, it is a business and people forget that. It's not mm-hmm. about sitting here making art. Yeah, you have your artistic integrity, but you've got to, he's got to earn money. You've got to earn money so that you've got to. You've got to be. You've got to have that. It's nice to have that dialogue. Mm-hmm. And you are gonna come to heads, but that's that's exciting for me, you know. Um, and having someone that is actually reading the material, you know, reading the material and having that conversation. There are right, you're right. There are, I'm sure there are agents out there that don't don't read the material and don't. But any established actor wants a sensitive agent. So I'm sure the very good ones understand this process. Yeah. So that kind of brings us, in a way you've answered it, but I, I have here a narrowing of your creative focus, um, how to be creative when under financial stress. It's kind of talked about it, like it's the age old thing about, we, we even face it here in the, in the podcast. It's like, you dedicate a lot of time, it's gotta make a certain amount of money, mm. although you have a vision creatively. And I, I, you talk about in your 30s, you wanna buy a house, you wanna be stable. Um, I don't know what's here. I'm, I'm looking for the fruit on the tree, but I, I, I think it's just, um, like you said, it's, it's, a, I don't know if there's really anything to say. You're it's saying killing your, I think you're talking about killing your, some creative dreams or some creative enterprises to do yeah, the not being precious. And also maybe realizing that, you know, life is, is long. In yeah. other words, you can, you can, um, I don't know if this is comp- compromise, but basically, like sometimes maybe you, as they say, he does one for himself, one for the studios, one for himself, one for the studios. I don't know. Do you, is there anything like that in your mind? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, constantly because you know you have your acting career, but things in your personal life shift as well. So that 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 comes into play, and I've had you know some personal stuff that's come into play where I've got to go. Okay, I've got to really really think about this, and it's not just about my artistic integrity. Sometimes I am going to have to. But I think at the moment, you know, um, as I am in my 30, I do want to buy a house and want to settle down and stuff. But right now, I don't have any children. I don't, and I can afford to take them risks. Um, and that, and it's, it's, it is, yeah, it fills me with worry, but it's exciting as well. You know, that's what's great about this industry. Do you know what I mean? That you can really, um, yeah, take take those risks. As, you know, it's... All right, so it's interesting talking about um, we're talking about money and, and, and making choices. And I guess I wanted to ask you, um, 
if you look at the spectrum of actors in terms of success, you have people who can't get work at all, and they get, and then you have like A-list movie stars who make demand twenty million, and and you're you're a very solid work, working actor. I kind of I don't know if it's fair to say you're in the middle, and you can see both sides. But just for the purpose of this question, you must have seen as you, you're thirty two, you must have seen people trying to make, and they never get there, and their dreams diminish, and reality comes in, and they have to like peel off, they have to get off the highway. Mm. And then you've also seen people who are probably flush with money and all that. And I just, maybe you can comment as, as guys get, and women get older and, and reality closes in, you want to have children, so that costs money. You want to provide for the white, whatever, how it affects those two sides of the thing. And it's quite sad in a way. I mean, someone who's given everything to acting and hasn't quite made it. And at 35 has to say, hey, guys, I'm done. I got to get a job as a lawyer or whatever. Well, I actually respect those people a lot because it's a very difficult decision to make. Um, sometimes I say, God, I'm so far into it. I, don't, I can't do anything else. I've just got to continue. Um, but there are those who, they could be, you see that the industry is not, it's not necessarily about being a, a, a great actor. You know, it's like a huge part of it. Um, but you can be the most talented person, but not have that break or not. It's a very difficult industry to get into. But then I have a lot of respect for people. And I've known people who've gone, I'm going to throw the towel in and do something else. And they've made a huge success. And I, I admire them because what they have got, which is something I crave, is that stability. You know, they know they've got fixed income coming in. They don't have to suddenly go away. And they they do, always miss and it, though, and they're doing you think? Some, some do, but the best thing is, is that at least they know that they, they're they not living in that thing of going, oh, what if I... I don't even give it a try. Yeah, they swung their bat hard. Uh, yeah, but then there are those who don't have that realization, and they just keep going, keep going, and keep going, and keep going. That's and hard. and, That's and, tough, and I've had conversations with people, and I'm going, you've got to take a step back and go, is it really worth it? What have you, what have you, what have you, what have you, what have you gained from doing this? What list all your happy moments? Have you had those actual all, conversations? That's, yeah, that's tough, yeah, because it is. Um, and that's why it goes, and it actually makes me go to never be complacent and keep keep working hard and never be like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm a working actor now, so I can just take the break, you know, just take the ex, take my foot off the gas a little bit. No, I kind of want to try and keep spreading my risk a little bit and trying to do other stuff. And and with certain successes, you can then it makes it a little, a little easier to do other stuff, produce stuff. You said earlier they didn't get the break, and I I've talked to Pete a lot about the, you know the old expression, you make your own luck, mm. that like we talked about people starting very young, that it, if you have talent and you apply yourself, you will make it. And as someone on the inside, do you think that's bullshit? That there is, that there's a truth to applying yourself, but at the end of the day, there is quite of like the heavens strike you, you mm. got it, you got no, it. No, I definitely agree, you do, you, you can make your own luck and you've got to kind of put yourself out there and it's, that's the real work. Um, even if you are successful and you're not working, you've still got to, you can't not always the most talented people it's often the most yeah. focused people that, yeah but then also the, well. the industry is a, it's a, it's difficult because you can be the most hard-working you can be the you, you're getting up first thing in the morning and you're doing your learning your craft and you're going to classes and you're doing this and you're trying to connect with people you still can't have the, the break because the right the bright material has got to come the, the, it's i'm not saying it's just luck it's just got to and and so that's the other side and just quickly on the on the other side of people who've really made it and they they have 50 million in the bank or 20 million in the bank and you work with some of these folks too 
then altogether they have a different situation. They can, like we mentioned Ryan Gosling, I know he, he made a big thing about like leaving acting for a year, but who the hell does that? It's such a, <laughs> but he could do it and he came back and now he's he's been, been in a bunch yeah. of movies. Like his career was at a point where he could like really make his, you know, say, I'm gonna do what I wanna. And I, I just wonder, there is there, for something else, I think. there is a there is a threshold after which financially someone's got a big enough name and enough money in the bank where they can kind of say, um, you know, I can come back and dip in. I can mm -hmm. I can play with this a lot looser. Yeah, I mean, there's two. I mean, there are two sides to the spectrum because you spectrum. Sorry, you can be earning a lot. You can be incredibly successful and you're earning X amount for a film. You walk down the street, people know you and. Yeah, people are lining scripts up and go, oh, which one? And it's, I'm not there yet, but I think, oh, the idea of it would be great, the idea of having control and going, you know what, I'm going to take some time out and pick this project. Okay, I want to produce that. Hey, Pete, you know that project we were talking, now we can do it. Mm -hmm. But in saying that, I, I firmly believe now, going through what I've gone through, that it doesn't necessarily bring the happiness you're searching for. I think it can even cause more problems you know, just because you're earning X amount of money and people are, I think it can be very overwhelming, can be very mm. lonely, you know, and I think, I, I, like with, was it Ryan Gosling that he said? Mm. Yeah. I don't think he just went, ah, oh, you know, I'm going to take a year out. There must no, have been he some, said He said he was something. searching. There's so something, I was say that. There's he something very, that you... He was desperate. I know people work with him and they said he's actually very quite, he was looking for some kind of, I think he wanted to be an artist to a degree. Yeah, yeah. And that sounds a bit, but that's a bit, I say that slightly tongue-in-cheek there, but mm. um, he was desperate to look for some, Film. He felt he was just a cog in the wheel, and a friend of mine said recently, he was like, you know, I love writing, I love directing, and he's done some acting. He went, yeah. he went. We were talking about Kid Stays in the Picture, the documentary. Oh. He went, I want to be the producer, and I was like, why? He goes, producer isn't no one's bitch. And yeah. What he meant by that is, which is a thing that I wanted to ask you, but actually based on a word you just said, then it's not even a question, and it just came to me then it was about control mm -hmm. and just thinking about your career. I think even though you are at the lap of the gods in many stages and stuff. But I've seen you, and I think maybe this has helped your mental stability because you stayed, I know you've had ups and downs, but on the whole, I think you're a very balanced, grounded human being. And I think what I've seen you done is, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm, that you've exerted, some, you've managed to have some, regain some control over your life mm. and over your career. Yeah, I mean... That, Do you think that's important for an artist? It is important. It's interesting we're talking about it because, you know, maybe... I mean, I don't know the answers to this. I'm still searching it, searching for it. But is it better to maybe just have that kind of be in the middle, mm. not you know, just you know retain a steady income, knowing that all your bills are paid, and you're, or are you? Is it better to just go for it and go a full hog for the whole kind of? Uh... Oh, no, we seem to say okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, we, how are we we'll gonna? Really? Yeah. Okay, um, so do you want to just go back on your... Uh, um... So you were just basically saying that... Yeah, so it's better to maintain... Uh, uh, just maintain a balance. Mm. I'm still searching because it it you know, um, it's infinite once. It's, it's tempting. Well, one it? thing, just then, there's another question to plug it on there. I often think in people who have massive celebrity status, I think part of the problem is, is who can you trust? You talked about having a small group of friends that... But like everyone's motives are suspect. Do these people want money? Do they want? Does a woman want to have? I dated a girl who had previously dated Al, 
uh, A Rod, the the Alec, uh, the Rodriguez, Alec, the big uh, baseball player. Is he like the most expensive sort of British people? Yeah, he like the, the most expensive baseball player in history, and he hundred million dollar contract. And he his sexual protocol was that he had to have the woman. Um, he had to leave with the condom intact and empty it in the, in the toilet, flush it down while the woman remained to make sure that none of his sperm oh would find it. And his lawyers took him through all this stuff. So imagine how unpleasant the sexual encounter because he, Sasha does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was constantly, even in the most intimate moments, suspicious of these women. Do they want him or do they want to get pregnant and therefore have a maternity suit? Yeah. From paternity. And and it's I imagine if you're super high status like that, everyone you're like, Yeah, you're saying that, but what's really the angle here? Mm. Yeah, I mean I when I worked in LA and I worked on an American show, <clears throat> you know, you're earning you know, decent money, it's a success, successful show. Um but you're right, you, you do start to think about who you can trust because you're suddenly adding new people to your team, lawyers, agents. Mm. And I found working in LA and working with studios was very different to working in the UK. It was felt much more of a business and much more corporate. And you start to ask yourself, can I trust these people? Because it's, it's, it felt very much like a business. People want a bit of your income. You know, they mm -hmm. want a bit of your income. Yeah, they want yeah. to be paid for. So, you know, as you gain more and more success, I mean, I'm, I'm confident to say that it, it, there are going to be it's not necessarily going to be all rosy and exciting living in the Hollywood Hills. It's going to be, could even be more difficult. And know, I think, so I mean, think to... about how you grow up on the playground with friends. My experience, I grew up in a working lower middle class area and like my friends, they liked me for who I was. We would like mm. ride bikes and we would play and we would not, you know, knock around and we, we just liked each other because we were both kids, you know? And then what happens if you're a high status <clears throat> individual, people like you for the idea of who you are. Mm. And all of a sudden, it's like, which is a very creepy thing, actually, because it, it's not legitimate in the sense of, but but anyone who's a public personality separating who they really are from who, uh, uh, what they project is very, impossible. That's why so celebrities date celebrities often, or you yeah. see people like Mark Wahlberg, who said that he hangs around with his old mates. Because he knows, they, they loved him when yeah, he was they, nobody. Yeah, they, they, was, they was just their friend. That's the old story. But then there are those who are, again, you've got to be, again, it's not just about the craft. You've got to be, you've got to be very tactful and, and, and be in control and, 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 know, mm. and, and know what you're doing because there are those who are very, very successful in the industry but have made, I know, have made a very clear decision to keep a very low profile. You don't you don't really know much about mm. them. They don't do a lot of interviews just so they can retain some kind of uh, reality. So it's, again, it's that thing which I'm still investigating, and it's kind of like, you know, we go about going, oh yeah, you know, you very you make very good choices and stuff. But <clears throat> sometimes I think, well, what am I what what am I hoping is going what am I hoping is going to happen, and is that necessarily going to make, make me happy? happy yeah. You know, so sometimes I'm like. You know, I have I have waves of when I'm like, well, maybe is it better is it better just to be a jobbing actor, mm, so I can mm. just you know I'm not too well known and I can just. If you're in a more there's an argument. Position, if you're in a more informed position where you're not this youthful guy that's just looking at the stars, you're seeing the the, the, the trade offs. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then sometimes I'm like, maybe I think too much. I just go for the ride. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoy it, you know. Go oh, go get that twenty million deal and worry about it when it happens. Fucking hell! <laughs> yeah, I said that to you. I'm like, yeah, we can get that restaurant. Yeah, we can yeah, get that yeah. restaurant there. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you. I don't know if you would, uh, uh, you don't have to name names or anything, but I thought you had an interesting experience from when your first stint in Hollywood, from arriving 
and leaving and the ups and downs. <clears throat> and I wonder if you meant, I, don't, you, I think that was a great story, the uh, juxtaposition, if you like. Oh, what, working in Hollywood? Yeah, about how you it's said when you arrived. No, about when you arrived at the show and then on the red carpet and the guy not taking pictures. Oh, yes, the pictures. OK. So, it's, yeah, it's... Um, it, you, it's this idea of of, of it of it being a bubble, and that bubble can just pop like that. I was doing a show, and um, it, did, it did, you know. And someone, the, someone, I was getting my makeup done, and the, the guy said, "You know, when this show comes out, it's, your life's going to change. You, you know, you're going to be instantly recognised like that." And I went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." Then the show came out, you know, and I was suddenly going to trips to Vegas, and I was getting recognised loads because the show was on. And you forget in America that the the audience figures are. Big, Double, yeah. triple, you know, <clears throat> and it was great. I was living this dream, and but there was, I was going out a lot, and there was weird kind of sadness. You're getting there stuff for free as well, getting stuff for lot. free, even though you've been paid money now. Yeah, you get to gifting <laughs> sweets and whatnot. And um, explain a bit about that. Give a taste to people. I'll give a taste. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give a taste. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're going to um, award ceremonies or whatever, and because there's uh, the gifting sweets are basically if they're certain brands, they'll give you the shit for free because sure. you're promoting. You become more it of a always commodity. struck me that these super rich guys are giving <laughs> all this free Come stuff. Back, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's like he's the last guy that needs, <laughs> you know, you know, DiCaprio needs a tag toy or whatever. Yeah, I mean. you know, it's, it's, like, well, it's exciting like going home with bags of stuff. That, you know, I give that to my mom. Okay, you know, um, and then I was at uh, every time an episode would air, uh, our exec producer would have a screening party at his house. And I remember being at this screening party, and I was like, guys, I can't, I can't stay too long. I've got to go to um, the Victoria's Secret party in Beverly Hills <laughs> so I'm going to have to leave in a bit yeah yeah, yeah cool and um, I got out the car at this event in Beverly Hills and what happens is you have like a publicist who announces you to the press the photographers mm-hmm. so when they take when they publish their picture they can say oh this is Sasha Dewan from... so the publicist goes right puts me on the red carpet and says ladies and gentlemen to the press this is Sasha Dewan uh, from uh, the show um so I stand on the take red, your picture. Take a picture. Stand on the red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still in this bubble. <laughs> and every, and I hear someone say, "Hey, don't take a picture." We just got word his show's been cancelled, and it was literally like it ended. Oh like like the cameras went down. I had to do the walk of shame, and I was kind of in this Victoria's Secret party, just in the corner. Wow, they, they, they just sucked it away from you like and that. I, we, we, you know, and, I, and the next day I got a call saying, "Yeah, the show's." You know, it's not, it's so not you heard that information right then too. The well, this is what happens now. Because the lights stop flashing because of online. What image that is? Because of like online, you know, mm. sources or these guys ways. are gonna know as well. These you actors are the last to know. <laughs> They're still like, Fuck, <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, I think some sh- Sunset Boulevard about that a little bit. Does the Andrew Lloyd Webber play about a Hollywood uh, matron who still? She can't get over the fact that the lights have dimmed and she's still in her own dream. So. But that, I think that's why I kind of like, I like going away to do the job. And as soon as the job finishes, I just. That's a good discipline. You had some more points at the end home. of what happened the next day about trying to get the DVD and the sets and stuff. Yeah, the visual. set came down. I mean, the set came down that, you know, that next day. So he's going in and suddenly he's saying, uh, there's just pictures going, of the next yeah, one's rip, up. You know, and that's it. The next show is on. That's your home for like. Oh. Yeah. And it's, and I was like, so, so going back to being in Vancouver and going, well, we're going to be yeah. here for six years. So then suddenly being in LA, a year passes, you've had experiences, relationships, and it, it just cuts. And you're sitting back on a plane going, what am I going to do next? <laughs> so it's, from a human perspective, it's a difficult... That's the, a high uh, and a low there. I mean, that's like a... 
That's something that but it's, people I mean, schizophrenic. But I won't lie, I mean, it was a, I've had a great time. Mm. Yeah. You know what I always thought would be interesting perspective are the crew. Uh, I have a family member, because I grew up in LA, so I have family members who work in and around Hollywood. And we have, I have a cousin who builds sets. He's a carpenter, but quite high up. And so he's built, you know, he manages teams that build sets for TV. So they, they'll build all the set for, for, for seasons, and then the show will come. To, but they're constant. They're there. It's a job. They're there for decades working. I, and so they see the actor, and they go, we got another crying actor on the set. Get him off. In other words, they're they're much more grounded. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the, my, the my actors come agents. in, and they're That's so, it's just another generation. No, you're, so right, you're so right. And, and, and the crew are just are always my closest friends. Because you're right. That's they're, they're so... There's so much more. So work it, it's a day, yeah, and they go, here we go. Here's another actor who's <laughs> in a bubble, just kind of blabbing <laughs> about. Um, it's like Whitehall agents, I think, in politics. They see the government come. Oh, yeah, yeah, they go. And the new they, government and, come in, and like you'll be here for a period, and then you will leave. Yeah, yeah, and they, and I always take crew. I just love chatting to members of the crew and kind of get their advice and their opinion on stuff because they've seen it, and they know, they know what what's coming you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when you're just in this bubble you know it's nice to just check in and say well that brings us uh, and this is i've learned a lot and thanks for being so open um just to move a little bit for me this is kind of the end of my question in terms of the craft itself yeah um maybe you could talk a bit about how you uh get into role i know it's enough but but also uh some of the um elements of the logistics of being on set like take you know do a take again and again and especially you've done some history historical pieces right mm. so you i don't know if you're wearing heavy outfits or wigs or whatever but it's like all right we need to do it again i mean anything to say about that like this is take 10 and you're like fuck i, I mean yeah i mean this too okay so go back to your first part the <clears throat> the uh the prep is um yeah so it's i've kind of everyone has their own kind of technique and so there are actors that just don't do any prep at all you know, and and it, it works, and that, and they they have an am amazing results. They don't think too much about it. Judy Dench is famous. Isn't yeah, she? I want to rehearse. I, I've heard. Um, yeah. I, I'm I'm more meticulous because I just like to feel safe. Like I know that this, I don't like to go in. I like to. I've I've become a bit more kind of off the off the cuff a little bit, but I like to make sure I've got everything kind of ready on my tools. Um, so I'll basically I'll read the script like an audience member would, you know, and. Um, I'll just kind of pick little bits of information through the script, little words or things about that. This might kind of, that I'm, I'm starting to think about like Maybe I should investigate that a little bit more. And, um, and then basically I'll, I'll kind of put the script away then and just really focus on the character that I'm playing. Mm. And I, I would have made notes if there's certain things I need to research a little do bit. You like, do, yeah, do you research? Yeah. Do you research? I do. I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person that will go and sit in the British library for hours, just kind of, writing notes i like to really build a bit build mm. a picture i'm not sure if i'm going to use this in my performance but i really like to focus on this person this when i was saying to you about playing different characters i really like to get into the head of this person work out what is it how do they operate and i'll, I'll write research array of things whatever almost like how, it sounds silly but how an, art, an artist is painting a picture you have a blank canvas and suddenly you're building all these things and you 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 you're learning to fall in love with this person, whether or not that they could be the worst human being on the planet, mm -hmm. but you're, 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 you're representing this person, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you're kind of on the outside, but you're eventually working to come 
to be in this to go inside inside and you've got and i always find a hook to this person not a hook in the story but a hook to how this person operates and i'm like Mm. that is that's it how do you define a hook well just something that might i connect with him in a level and go that's why he it's about his motive like in other words that's an overused word motivation but like why do people do certain things? And yeah. I know why this guy did that. Yeah, or why he operates in a certain way. And I'm like, yes, I don't reveal that to anybody. But I, So basically what happens is by the time I get onto set, you know, 10% is learning the lines, 90% is that core kind of work. I've, I've, 90% is a core, 10% is the lines. It's the lines, because 90% of this is a ray of a store of feelings, emotions and whatnot. And then I, I'm learning to just go on set and just trust Mm. That I kind of forget everything then. Do you I don't, have, I don't have my notebook like, and go, right, okay. Do you do Depen- that? Don't it, talk to me, I'm zoning Well, in. it depends kind of what the scene is. And also, I, I kind of like, there's this thing people go, oh, but they're method and they stay in it. I like to, some actors can just switch it on and be, I like to retain some kind of element of who that person is. So, for instance, if the character is quite in, in, intense or is in a dark place, I'm, I can't suddenly come on set and be like, hey, guys, you know, because mm. I find it. Because what happened, the reason why that is, is, there's a lot of waiting around but then yeah. when they're ready to go you you're, you're right? going you know and 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 as with filming now the time constraints uh you don't have long to shoot stuff mm. so i really like to try and be be the person that's on it and then yeah you're doing 10 going to your second part question you're doing 10 takes but then it's about wrong oh, i've got another take it's about maybe trying to offer something different mm. because what you necessarily think oh yeah that's the right way of playing it once they but how, imagine you're doing an ensemble thing there's like four of you yeah and you do your consistent thing but the director's not happy yeah i mean i'm sure he'll communicate to you but yeah. like if it's someone else causing the problem actually you should just do the same thing again because your part wasn't the problem of the thing you understand what i'm saying your part of the painting isn't what's wrong so you should just keep offering. Yeah, but sometimes you might be mm-hmm. the, you know, or you think, oh, that other actor is not quite, and it actually could be you that's not. Isn't the director going to say, let's do it again? But Sasha approaches. It's exactly. But you that. might not want to tell Sasha that because it might make him feel self-conscious as well. No, no, it could be, but sometimes you've got to, you can't be grand about it. Yeah. You know, it, the team. I've had that before yeah. where I've I've done all this prep and and you don't really know until you get on set and see how stuff plays out and you go, damn, I'm playing that, and that's why you need a good director to say. Okay, but think about this and you get oh that's it that's how that's it. interesting i would imagine like a really good take with four of you and you've done like oscar winning work and the other fucking guy forgot his lines and you're like you motherfucker that was my best performance has that happened to you yeah you know yeah that you know that yeah that that can happen but it happens with all of us when you yeah. just have mm. you know you don't know what's going to happen that day and you just you just off on it and actually sometimes I'll tell you what can happen I'm, I'm the type of person i'll do a scene and i have after lunch, I'm sorry, I've gone to lunch after I've done that scene, I've really beaten myself up about it. I'm like, shit, it's really bad. And and the director's like, we've got it, we've got it. I went, yeah, but in my head, I had this, I wasn't feeling it. And then you look back on it and it's one of the best pieces. You when get. you actually see it. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the best. So sometimes that balance of where you don't want to, you don't want to be thinking too much about it. So you might not know how it's coming out. Yeah, so you've got to, you can do all this prep and I'm learning more and more is just to forget about it and trust mm-hmm. that it's there and just go with the moment because actually something, if you're planning it, something, if you don't plan it, sometimes something amazing something, yeah, can yeah, happen. Yeah. happen I can moment. relate on the podcast. I mean, so I'm always thinking that I ask that question. Um, um, the preparation of forgetting, I think, is the the tricky part because that's letting go. Yeah. And people who think a lot, they often live in their mind. This doesn't just refer to many other areas of life. Mm-hmm. They're not present, 
And I know that you see it on stage, I know myself, there's times when you're thinking your way through something. Yeah, and yeah. It's, just, it's dead, it's boring, it's yeah, horrible yeah, to watch. Yeah, you've just got to. I always use it as an analogy of, do you know, I don't know if you ever have run, run through a field or some space with your eyes closed. And, and it's fine, you know you're not going to fall over. But when you think, oh, I'm doing it, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you stumble. It's yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. shit, I'm yeah, running, I'm running my eyes closed. Yeah, and yeah. it's that, and uh, drama school and through training in theatre companies, you do a lot of trust exercises just to let go. And I yeah, think yeah. it's difficult often for human beings to let go of that obsessive control that we have. And if your head is a place where, you know, it's a safe place. Yeah, yeah. So I can see exactly why you do all that preparation so then you feel comfortable. But also it's kind of like, like now we're all kind of in gay feeding off one another and you kind of got to be like that on set. Now that you were saying before, well, you know, I've done my lines and this guy's fucking me up on that scene. But really it, it's, team, about, it's yeah. a team collaborating and actually by feeding off someone's energy can actually it all has to work right? yeah but yeah. also it can enhance the scene sometimes mm. um you thought that's what I, that's actually what i love to be honest i'll do my prep and i love you know coming on set and uh and, and not planning how where are we going to do it or how we, it's like right we're here in this moment what what works you know mm. great you've got that idea great let's do that's very collaborative and i just that's the real enjoyment i get from it Sounds like fun. totally like i wanted to ask that will you... never die we uh we always get some not like we've got, got quite deep obviously and that's something just more uh I think people will be interested to hear about also about you worked with Will Smith yeah and he's got a reputation for being very hardworking and quite intense yeah I mean Can you tell he, us just maybe mention like the well, job and what it was and your experience yeah so on I did a, it? I did, a, I did a film called After Earth there were two great people I got to work with oh I didn't know you were on that yeah uh, and Will, his son was in it yeah it? Will. <laughs> His son and um, M Night uh, Shyamalan, who's yeah. great as an actor or the writer. Say again. M Night Shyamalan was the he, actor or he writer. Was, no, a director and writer. Oh, okay. The Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Those. I just didn't know. Yet. I thought you said yeah. Um, it was a, yeah. It was a great project. And obviously, I got to work with Will Smith, who's been a, he's a great idol of mine. And you know, he he gives this persona of this kind of fresh prince, but you know, he's playful. He's you know, but when I got to work with him, he was incredibly focused. Um, and I think he's a great example of someone that is grafted and learned to make great choices, but also just the way that he is. He's He's got a great team of people working for him. Um, and they've been working with him for 10, 20 years. Mm. And they're not just people that work with him. They're like his closest friends, relatives. What even. do they do? What are their roles? So, you know, like maybe security, uh, producers, um, script writers, um, personal trainers he's got a huge entourage and you think oh well that sounds like it's it, it's grand but it's it's a team of people that that enhance it's not like it's just will's show it's that they're, they're all working together and doing doing this great thing you know and i guess will's will's the face of it they all collaborate in in producing great material you know i do notice when i look at you know film projects that there's um when something works, like when a director works with a writer or an actor and it works, they tend to repeat mm -hmm. it. They yeah. kind of stick together because you, oh, it's a very personal stuff. So you find someone and your team is work, then you just do the next project with them. It's it, that's unusual. I, yeah. well, maybe not unusual in the business world, but you do see it and yeah. you're like, oh, these people are comfortable together. Yeah, definitely. It's a, see Mark Ryland suddenly now he's working with Spielberg, loads yeah, yeah, yeah. Come out of theater in England. And... But Will, Will's really grafted but you, you, there is that thing of where you know 
Is he like a movie star? Yeah, I was totally, totally starstruck. Um, Does he have that aura about him? Though? Totally. I mean, because he's so iconic in terms of terms of your childhood. That yeah. suddenly you're in a room. I remember on my first day, I went on on set and um, I was doing some kind of camera tests or um, makeup tests and stuff. And it was Will Smith's first day on set, so there was this kind of tension in the air because they want to make sure everything's right and he's happy. And and I remember I was just on set and to show um, M Night my costume and stuff and. I just saw Will just walk past it, and I just went, that feeling of pure starstruck, I went, oh my, whoa, that's him. And you go, oh, he's a bit small in real life, is he? But, you know, that's how he... And um, he just came over and he went, hey, what's up, bro? You know, I was just totally like... And I think I was like that for the for the whole shoot, actually, <laughs> in between um, in between takes, where he's just he's just next, and you're like, what? What do you talk about? Yeah. yeah. Like what conversation do you make with Will Smith? <laughs> you know, so I think I, I just went, um, I had to really think about what I was going to say. And I was like, um, what, what do you have for lunch, Will? <laughs> He's just like, oh, I had some protein and veg, you know. Cool. And I found myself, I don't know why, and I think it's slightly patronizing, I found myself trying to be ghetto with him. Yeah, no, that's that funny. Mom? That's funny. You, you know, must get that a lot. Yeah, what's going on, Mum? Because people are trying very hard to connect with connect him. Connect with him. Really. And also, the guy that I was... What was great on that job, because I thought it was going to be, like, the only Brit, but the the, my, the guy that I was working with, coincidentally, was from Manchester as well. A lovely actor, Chris Gere. Loved him to bits. And uh, we were both in awe of the whole experience. We got to, exper- you know, share that together. And I remember... <laughs> you have this thing with Will where you just kind of want to tell him shit. You know, mm. you just want to tell him... Just chat and say, mate, you know, he's like this iconic. You, you forget he's a human. You, Smith, you, forget, you want a bit of love, and you forget that he's a. But you forget he's a human being. You know what yeah. I mean? And he's um, he's great because he knows that people are going to be slightly, and he he just say he's so warm. After and, so many years, and, yeah, he's he, still, yeah. So he's kind of sitting there, and um, Chris is next to me and stuff, and just there's a quiet moment while we're just waiting before we go back on set, and Chris just went, um, "I will." I'm going to be a dad, yeah. <laughs> you know, because he's just about to have a baby. Yeah. And he had that need to share that with Will to yeah. get that kind of approval. Like, oh, mate, good. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be fine. And you're going to, you know, and it was like he wanted that affirmation from Will Smith, mm-hmm. you know, but we would take us taking the piss out of Chris after because just the way he told him, he was like, <laughs> hey, Will, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a dad. It's almost like, hold me. You said you well, had trailers. But I remember you? Will told this story, actually, and I hope he won't mind me saying it, but I thought it was brilliant. Will said to me, he said, no, no he didn't say it to me, we're in, we're in uh, makeup going on. And he told this story, like, he's always considered himself as being the, the, the boss in the family, mm. you know, the daddy, you know. The, and he said he remembers when it all changed when um, Jaden, his son, was born. And uh, I was like, wow, wow, what, what, what happened? He said, well, I walked into the living room and... Um, Jaden, my wife, is breastfeeding Jaden. And he said, I just walked in and Jaden, as a baby, just gave me that look <laughs> that said, I'm sucking on your wife's tip. <laughs> Who's the daddy now? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's and I, funny. And I just thought, and he said, it just all changed. Like, you know, Jaden's the boss. Yeah, 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 that's a good one. Um, I thought it was just really, <laughs> really made me laugh. I think probably a lot of men listening will go, yep. Like, yeah, yeah. Go, yeah. You don't need to be a movie star to have felt that. Yeah. But... You know, I think I think also he's, you know, he is Will, and he has this huge team that protect him. I have a kind Will of Smith story this. too. After do you? Yeah, yeah. Small, um, small. But he just he's just a sound, just a sound guy. You know, like he make he's really he he 
he's he, he he's great. I mean, it's like I'm blowing smoke, but he, I'm not just saying it. But he knows he just works really well with the crew. He appreciates them. He looks. I think they did this thing when we were filming that every Friday they put not actors, but they put all the crew names into a hat. And they'd pull out that name and they'd make it a big thing over lunch for kind of morale, you know, you film. He gives for like his fee to them. The he gives their fee, yeah, <laughs> million pounds. But they 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 get a holiday, their crew member would get a holiday. And okay, I'm not talking nice. about like a little kind of But proper. In, I'm talking like Booking.com. <laughs> yeah. Not like going to like Brazil or Argentina, big you know. Wow. You know, and it was um yeah, he, when you he, when you go into his tra- into his trailer in the morning, he was I there. wanted to. I mean, he had a huge. Like, oh, he's he running or something. He's always on a trap. No, I, no, I think that he's so fo- like incredibly focused. I think the uh, second AD, she said, "Oh, you know, six in the morning. She's barely woken up, and I've gone to get Will for makeup, and already his team have been up. It's like they've been up for twenty four hours, mm-hmm. and Will's on the. I always wonder because I know, I, I like being alone and like having private moments and stuff, and I always wonder when you mm. have an entourage. Like, what if you just want to fucking rip a fart or like just have a <laughs> wank? Or in other words, like sometimes you just want to be alone. And I, obviously, they can tell people to leave. Yeah. But I always wonder if people have big entourage if they're like, dude, I just need like I don't want. Anyone I think that's around. the president as well. Yep. Yes. Yeah. yeah the president must never be alone. I saw a video actually of Obama. A friend had posted it because they just they just felt and Obama's going for a jog with this, and then he's got this huge entourage of security like, trying to keep up with it. <laughs> but I think with with um. Yeah. With Will as well, it's like it's not just a random entourage. There are a group of people that have been with him Very for years, close yeah. friends, best friends, and I think also, in a way, I admired that because I think oh, I'd love to have that. You know, when you've got a, t- a team of people that you trust mm. and work with, it's not like you a young star out. that gets thrown into it. No, it's just like they, they, yeah, they, like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, they've all got a place, and they know kind yeah. of. Uh, they know what will he know, you know they both they all work together you know it's great real quick my story and then I have one ending question that's a small one um, my Will Smith story I was in New York and um, with my friend Nathan we were smoking cigars and he lived on the um, upper west side we were have, finishing a cigar outside the Mandarin Oriental in Columbus Circle and, we, yeah, yeah. and this oh, yeah, know, this yeah. dark car pulls up limousine and Will Smith jumps out with his son it was probably eight o'clock in a night, and it was and and he and he he just I can't even remember what, he, but he has that movie star energy, yeah, like and super nice guy. And I think he's like, "What's up, bro?" And he just walked <laughs> by to Nathan. He said something, and he walked by into the Mandarin. And I just thought that guy does have that fucking aura. Yeah, like exactly. I mean, he walks into a place, and it's like, it's just it's also learned behavior. Like he knows he's going to be received well and all that. But I just thought, wow, this guy's moving with like. A packet of atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. And I but just, wow. I, I tell you, sorry, his last quick story is um, he. We were filming. <laughs> we were filming on this um, spaceship in the studio, and uh, it was on like hydraulics, and uh, oh, not a green. Room, no, green, green. Yeah, it was screen. green screen, but obviously they wanted mm. the spaceship to kind of move, and and uh, night. M. Knight was on a, a walkie-talkie and just kind of radioed up and said, by the way, in this take, it's gonna, we're really going to crank this thing up and it's really going to move. I was like, okay. Now, bear in mind, I'm the pilot. And I'm the guy in the control. Well, that was your role. job. Yeah, yeah I'm, the pilot. <laughs> I'm in control of this thing. And, you know, and then Will kind of comes in to kind of check what's happening and sh- shit goes wrong. But I've got to retain that kind of in control. So action and the, um, the spaceship starts... And then suddenly it goes. Ooh. Now I wasn't prepared for that, and I, you know, I'm a pilot, I'm, I'm really <laughs> flying off this thing. And I look, and I see uh, Will just whoo, steady. 
<laughs> like that. And we caught and he went, Independence Day. I've, been, I've done it before. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it on Independence Day. And I just remember, like, oh, God, he's, he's ahead of the game because I'm supposed to prepare and I'm supposed to be in control. <laughs> and I'm looking like, oh, I've, got no, I've got no experience. And I remember just looking over and he's just... Yeah, steady. Just looking at me like... That's a good one. Well, Sasha, before we go, I just, uh, unless Pete doesn't want I, I just wanted to ask you, um, kind of probably should have come earlier, but maybe I'm opening a can of worms, but um, are you, you're Indian descent or Pakistani? Right, anyway, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> it's cut that now. Sorry. Are you, or is that right? Yeah, yeah. Indian. And, and yeah. from Manchester, so you have an accent. I just wonder. He's a well-spoken monkey Indian accent. Not like mm. Pete's. No, not like me. How do you, how does anyone, and how do you, because we're talking about Will Smith has transcended race, right? He's like a blanket movie star. Doesn't mm. He's not a black man necessarily. That's become, I mean, he's because he's so, how do you navigate and avoid getting pigeonholed and playing a, a stereotypical role? Mm. Well, I think, well, it's actually, I think something really interesting is ha happening at the moment. Um, There's the certain um, actors and people in the industry that have opened up doors mm. and it's, you know, Zizan Zari is an example. Brilliant. You know, things are changing at the moment, you know. But again, it's about making choices. Mm. Um, I'm not you said sure. no a lot. Yeah, I'm not sure if the choices are always right. But I try and like, um, unless it's got something interesting to offer, I like to be seen as a, a, I can play any any role. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I try and not, you know, depending on what the script is, just try and avoid pigeonholing myself, yeah. you know, and, and challenge myself a bit more and just... No, and I think the industry's changed. And your well, agent must know that about he's you. He's great, right? yeah. But I'm not. But what I'm saying as well, that's partly to the, to do with the choices that I make. And um, but also, I think the industry's changing. Where there there are there's still a way to go, but there are more projects in comparison to ten years ago where people are thinking outside the box. But then, what happens is sometimes is I feel that you're, you're being employed because there's a certain quota that they've got to. Feel like oh, we've got to cast that guy, you know. So you've got to mm, challenge that a little bit as well. Remember you said when in you were America younger, more than England. Yeah, I remember. No, England, actually, you said that. In, in in the UK it can be. When you were younger, I remember you telling yeah, me about like a job I, and you were like, like a bit, sometimes I'm, I'm I'm I've got a part and I'm like yes, I've, it's outside the box a little bit. And then I've had the call go yeah, so we want to change his name to, and I'm like why? You know, it doesn't. I think we underestimate the audience. Audiences, I've realised, don't care as long as they're being told a good story. They're getting mm. their money's worth. Mm. There, there was a, there was a thing on TV recently. There was a Michael Jackson remake, and um, oh, yeah. a, and a white guy played him, and there was a big uproar. And the guy was like, "Why can't I play him?" I yeah. forgot the whole details, but he was a white guy playing Michael Jackson, and Michael Jackson's daughter and his estate were up in arms. And I just thought, it's like, and then you have Hamilton, which is black guys playing the founding fathers. So it should seem seemingly go in all directions Shakespeare's right? anyone done that can now. play anyone Shakespeare now is no longer historically you know you, but it was a period where you only had white posh people and it was two things it was race yeah. and also accent mm -hmm. and because it was to show you know the, 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 that upper class but then I think you know Adrian Lester and many other actors as well like King Henry V and now it's just Norman you'll have like a you'll have like a, maybe a white king and these, there'll be a black daughter and an Asian brother and yeah. people that, because it, it's so out of modern day context because it's Shakespeare, yeah. I don't think people hold the um, uh, the same uh, what's the word what I'm trying to say yeah, yeah. No, they, they're not trying to look at it they're looking at it well this is Shakespeare yeah. it's about the characters but that, you know there is always gets back to Shakespeare on this yeah. podcast by me <laughs> there is a, a way to go though because I feel that um, you know to really play those roles or the leading man or something or 
good supporting role. I feel like to do them projects, you've got to have a lot of, still got to have a lot of weight behind you. Mm. People are still a little bit like, mm. and, I, and that, it's frustrating sometimes. You know, I, that, that's what I'm craving for is having a, a bit of heat behind you, a bit of, so people go, yeah, we can afford to take the risk. Mm-hmm. I don't really see it. Because we know there's a box office with certain people are going to be, you know, or people are going to question. And, and it's just, I'm going to let, let that fear go a little bit, you know. But like I said, there are people out there, um, and I hope that in a way that I'm doing it in my, in my own way. Mm. Um, I'm not very vocal about it and whatnot, but I, I try and represent myself by making them decisions. Just to you kind of pave, to pave, 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 words I hope sense. so, yeah. to kind of pave the way for other people mm-hmm, to kind of, mm-hmm. to, do, to do them projects. And, um, and I know in, a, in another kind of five, 10 years, the industry hopefully will, will change because people are becoming more vocal about yeah, it. Yeah, it has changed a lot. And people in real life don't actually give a shit. You know, it's like I said, as long, story, as, getting, it's a good story. as long as I'm getting their money's the worth, it is. bringing to the table. This final thing I ask you, leads on for this then, do you think as an actor, because I remember we used to talk about this a lot when you were younger, but we haven't spoken about it for a long time, do you think actors need to, and maybe this is wider as well for other artists, perfect playing themselves to a degree and then they get the opportunities to play op- um, further afield? Or what's your feelings on that? Because that's a thought that some people have. Yeah, I mean, I... I, um... I feel like Charlie Theron's a great example. She played the glamorous, beautiful blonde in a few things and was with sort of like Hollywood eye candy. Mm. And then people, she got enough profile for her to then say to Pat, whatever his name is... Well, there is this thing that you, do, you just, you're just kind of playing playing yourself. I think even if you're even if you're playing extreme characters, there's, as much as you're being, you know, like your actor, artistic integrity, and you say, I'm being totally separate, I'm a different mm. person, there's always a part of you in there. Well, that's an it's old like story. Sasha is a a violent police officer Sasha is this element of you bringing yourself into it I mean more lazy casting early on to, to sit down yeah, and perfect that I think sometimes it works yeah. it's like it's what sells and it's 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 what works you know each to their own really but I guess it's just about being whether or not you're playing yourself or you're playing a character it's about just being re- that's the thing I've really had mm. to work on is ask myself is it, am I being as truthful as possible because no matter if if I've realised if you're as true as possible, the audience will 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 gauge on that. Do you know what I mean? They'll connect. They'll connect with that because it's truth. They they just go yeah. I, I, I don't know why, but I get I, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've that's when your ego's got to it's got to you know you've got to let go of that a little bit and just go just play the truth, whether or not you're playing yourself or you're playing some mm. someone completely opposite to you. One sentence is not a question. I just wanted that reminds me of I think it was Anthony Hopkins. He played a serial murderer, and his uh, I don't know if this is the right person, but his wife then divorced him because he said, "I can't. I believe so much that character resides inside mm. you. I can't sleep next to you anymore because there's no way that you portrayed that without that being partly true." And I'm fucking scared. <laughs> and that, that's interesting. But there are, I mean, there are actors out there that will go. Th- I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? There are actors that will go to the extreme length of just shutting off for six months not seeing their family and you know kill a few people yeah yeah. um um but then there are those that just don't want to do any don't really want to prep that's just the way they work but they they create masterpieces of performances Mm. i've seen it i've seen actors who are very uh, in it and then deliver and then i've seen people who piss about before a take laughing and joking and action they're just they're bang straight on it and you're just like wow that's Mm. So, so it's whatever works. I say that to actors. What's your process? It's like, what, there's no rules. It's whatever works for you. If you think before I take, you're going to bang your head against the wall to get you to do it. Yeah. 
You want to thank you very much for coming down. And thank do you. you want to do the sign off? Oh, yes. The typical so. thing. Well, I'll say it. Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> Instagram. Find us there. Um, Share. Yes. Uh, Sasha, Dewan, thanks for coming down and enlightening us about the uh, real uh, life of an actor. And check out Sasha. He's just recently done. Um, is it on Netflix yet, Sherlock? I know you're No, no. Well, on it? not sure it's on. on I think it's. Sherlock is on year. Netflix. I don't know if you're Yeah, but not yet. our Series 4, I don't so think. Sasha Series 4, just in Mr. Selfridge. Anything else you want people to check out? Um, what else is coming out? Yeah, I've got a new show on Netflix starting soon. Cool. Yes. Well, thank you, sir.